Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast. You know, in this next episode that you are about to hear, we actually recorded this one a little bit differently than we record most of our episodes. We wanted to do a panel uh, that would serve kind of two functions. One, that would create a podcast episode to talk about spiritual power and specifically the gift of tongues. And so we wanted to have a panel of people to just talk about it in a way that just felt really uh, normal and natural and maybe somebody that maybe you even know around One Life Church to create a conversation behind this. So we recorded this actually on our stage and and normally we haven't been videoing these conversations but for this one we did. So if you uh, are just listening here you'd like to watch you can find this episode on YouTube. Just search for One Life Church. Um, you can find the latest podcast episode there. Or uh, if you are just listening, it may sound just a little bit different. We recorded it with some different microphones, so the audio quality is just a little bit different than what we're normally used to. But we're very excited to share this episode with you about spiritual power and the gift of tongues. Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm joined as always by lead pastor. I said it backwards. I'm going to say co-host of the podcast and lead pastor. Co-host should always go first before lead pastor. That's true. This is the real gig. This, this is, is the, the real this thing. Is the best thing. Yeah. That's right. Brett Nicholson. So, Brett. Hey, thank you. Um, so in our church, we've been talking over the last several weeks about spiritual power. And especially in the context of the gifts that are described in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. And uh, the goal has been really to open people up to the possibility of God moving in power in special ways in the church, as he always has, and, uh, and, and to de-weirdify a lot of that. Now, uh, I, I think from my experiences as a pastor and as my own walk in, in, uh, in the Christian faith, the subject of tongues has been probably for most people the one that strikes them as the most in need of de-weirdifying. And uh, just because there, there's, there's, there's debates over it, there's been books written about it for and against. Some people believe that what's going on today is not really there. There's all these kinds of things in between. Uh, and so now I have belief that they very much are valid these days, but at the same time, I also know that the kind of backgrounds that people have around here some may be more skeptical than others. And so we've asked some friends, some, uh, some wonderful people here at our church that have experienced that gift in their lives and are willing to talk about that and just interact about it and hopefully answer questions that people are curious about. And so that's why we're here. And so what I'd like you guys to do is introduce yourselves and kind of your tie to one life, what you do here, but also your church background that whether it sort of leaned in that direction or if it didn't and you kind of came about things to uh, from a different angle. So... Great. Well, thanks for having me. My name is Tammy Tenbarge, and I've been around One Life for a little bit since 101010 and um, have basically always been a worship leader here. And my church background really was rooted in Pentecost. So I'm going to be that girl that speaks from a lifetime of experience around um the gifts of the spirit and speaking in tongues. Um, basically born and raised into a Pentecostal type of church. But um, though I was, um, though I was, I guess, introduced or given this gift as a young child, I'd say about seven, eight years old, and I'll never forget because it was on Super Bowl Sunday. I always remember that um, oh, when cool. I was a young child, just praying, and I remember praying on a Sunday night service for, um, you know more of God. And as a kid, more of God looks different than kind of what you would, you would think as an adult when you would pray for more of God. Um, different, but very much the same. Like 
I've been in this. I have some understanding of you, God, but I want to know you on a deeper level. And, um, and, and yeah, I received the, the gifts of, or the gift of the spirit speaking in tongues that night, but it really was a journey for me to receive that and then grapple with what that looks like, especially as I grew into teenage life and what my friends might think of me if they came to church on my arm and were to see that. And so it's kind of grown in um, in a neat way throughout my entire life and um, to a place to where now it's definitely a prayer language. It's a, a very dear language that I feel like I can communicate to God in. And, um, and it really has drawn me close to him and kept me close to him, I feel like, throughout my life. Yeah. So, so Tammy is that girl. She was <laughs> raised around this, and it was kind of normal life stuff. Uh, Michael. Yeah, my name is Michael Karen, and I have been a worship leader with One Life since almost since the very beginning, just like Tammy. Uh, I had a, a Catholic upbringing, so I wasn't necessarily raised in it. And when I was introduced to it um, at a, uh, probably in my teen years, it was something that was very foreign to me, something that I was not familiar with. Um, and honestly, when I first encountered it, when I first saw it and first heard it, um, I was super confused by it. Um, and, and, and honestly, in a lot of ways, there's still a lot of mystery around it. So I'm still super confused by it. Um, and I, by nature am uh, pretty, uh, cynical. I always tell people I, I don't fall in love on the first date. So, um, I, I can be a pretty cynical, pretty hard person to win over. And so when it was for me, it was, it came at a, 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 a the, just my, the way that I'm wired, my nature is I'm an emotionally intense person. And so my relationship with God is emotionally intense. And so it sort of surfaced out of that time in life. And so I, Unlike Tammy, I, that's what I love about having this discussion is you get to see varying uh, stories and varying experience with it because m mine wasn't, um, but uh, it has been something that has been incredibly um, formative in my relationship with Christ. So, yeah. So, Mark, how did yours differ from any of that? Yes. So, um, I grew up in a Methodist church, but I actually received the the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues about five years after I became a believer, and I didn't become a believer until I was like 27. So I ran real hard for about five years, just really, really seeking God, but got to a point where I felt like something was missing and thought, well, I need some type of validation. You know, I need some more Sunday school badges. I don't know if y'all ever saw those things, but it's like, I need something else, something's missing. And a couple of Methodist uh, pastors, I was asking them about speaking in tongues, because I've been reading about that. Never heard anybody speak in tongues, nothing like that. And so we end up at a vineyard church, my wife and I do, and uh, there was a group of people that we, we got to be pretty close to that, that particular weekend, and they prayed for us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and speaking in tongues didn't happen. So then I'm listening to a fellow named Leonard Ravenhill preach after Ricky Skaggs had led worship, just one of those times that you just put all this together. It sounds like a comedy when I'm looking back on it. And it, what happened was he says, well, come on down. Next thing I know, I'm on the Anaheim Convention Center concrete floor. And total dark, total blackness. I mean, God just blacked me out. I could see nothing, nothing. And, and, and I just sense he just spoke to me. He says, you know, Mark, 
um, this is what your flesh has gotten you. You know, you're seeking gifts, but I want to show you myself. And, and he says, I've seen your ministry and I'm not impressed. So now I'm going to show you mine. But it didn't start speaking in tongues then. It was that night. I'm up on my bed and I just start praying and here he comes. It was just, I've, and I, I'm not saying I never had a day that I didn't since then pray in tongues, I guess is a better way to say it. But there's been very few, just very few. So, so I've been pretty much in the, in, in the closet with that stuff, you know, being in the, in the Methodist church for all those years. And, you, and usually just pray around people that I know will also are comfortable with that. So, Yeah, and I, we talked about this earlier in the previous episode because we're kind of doing this in, in parts, talking about these different things. Um, for me, some of the stuff is something I haven't been around or experienced. So Brett keeps calling me a skeptic. I'm not sure that's the exact word I would use. but I think I, it's a great word. You think so? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's really it's fair. Uh, but it is one of those things for me. I have questions, and the whole point of having a panel like this is to talk to people that we know that are around people that you know our church is a part of um, and to ask questions to make it kind of what you keep saying, dear, weirdify, but to be able to make it personal. I remember you were on an episode, and we were talking about um, – um, missions, but being in other countries and you were talking about, you had an experience sitting in uh, the back of a van and you just started speaking in tongues. And I remember this first time I was like, what, Mike, what, Mike, I know Michael, I know Michael, I know Michael's story. And, um, things like that come up. Why do you guys think this is something that is so odd for people when they hear about it for the first time? Um, and I don't know who wants to answer that, but like we talked about that is one that maybe people feel like they're a little more uncomfortable with. Why is that? Why do you think that is? I, honestly, I, I think it's one. It's it's something that can can feel very contrived. It's easy to quote unquote fake, or so it would seem to a lot of people. Uh, I do think, and maybe I could be wrong, but I do think it is something that is fairly unique to Christianity um, when it comes to speaking in an unknown language, speaking in other tongues. Uh, speaking in another language um, is something that, you know, is, is done. But speaking in an unknown language, um, as, as um, we would sort of define it here, um, is, fairly, I think, fairly unique to Christianity. Um, you have other things like prophecy and all that stuff. That's, that's in a lot of other religions, but this is pretty unique to Christianity. So I think it makes it a little bit confusing and a little bit mysterious, um, especially when so much of it can feel, and people have probably seen it at times, um, leverage not for the original intention, uh, but for someone else's gain. So I don't know if anybody else has any other thoughts on it, but that's sort of my take. Yeah, I agree. Because in the church world, there is that, you know, people joke about like dancing with snakes or what, but where is the line, right? Where is the line between what's weird like dancing with snakes is weird <laughs> and what yeah, or what is the thing <laughs> what is handling clear, thank you anything with snakes is weird anything yeah, with snakes right. is weird or you know things like you said are just more mysterious and not as common but very beautiful and personal to those that receive this particular gift right um because the gift of teaching or administration those are seen in mainstream living but speaking in tongues you don't use in mainstream living right um so yeah it can be peculiar or odd or um 
yeah, different to those that aren't used to seeing that on a daily basis. And I love what Mark said. I know you probably want to say something, but I love something that you said just a second ago about like it's we use it as a badge or people will use different things as a badge because I think that is what people will perceive it as a lot of times is just sort of like this is my this is proof that I have a more intense or a more a closer relationship with God than the next person because I, oh, and you may not understand it, I know. Um, but it's, I, I think it can be seen as that a perceived, and maybe even if, if we're being honest, it, 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 maybe it is that for some. It is sort of like a, it's like your badge that you put, put on your little sash and sort of like, I, I got my speaking in tongues badge today. Yeah, I, I, I think one of my, the reasons, the answer to that question for me is, is who does it benefit? So, so you'll hear somebody doing it. So I'm not. I'm listening to them. I'm not getting anything out of that, right? So, so for me, it, it is. It's. It's as it says uh, scripturally. It, it edifies the inner man, right? The inner person, and whatever builds me up suits me more from an armor point for for others. So, so that's how I've always viewed it personally. But there is also some intimacy in it for me, too. But uh, Brett and I have talked about this more than one case. You cannot confuse a spiritual gift with a person's character. I have no idea why some people get the gifts that they give. I wouldn't choose it that way, but God must know what he's doing. So, so again, it's not a badge. It's not a validation, as I would say, that, well, this guy's he's okay because he's got a certain gift, yeah. especially this one. Now, what I'd like to do is, is kind of back up and, and talk about the actual experience, if you guys are comfortable with this, because I think people are curious uh, about the mechanics, uh, because I've been in environments where people were coached how to do this, and, uh, and that, I, that caused me to kind of balk. Because when I look at the Bible, I mean, I don't think on uh, you know, the day of Pentecost, they all just kind of stood around and say, okay, well, let's all just kind of do our best and, and start doing something. So it seemed like something supernatural. So if you don't mind sharing, like, what is the actual experience feel like? Uh, is there a physical sensation that goes along with this? Emotion kind of stuff? I mean, is, and then I got a follow-up to that too about can you control it? I've had people ask that before. So uh, from the first time, what is it actually like uh, for coaching somebody through that's never experienced that? It's a good question, Sprague. Hey, those thank you, Sarah. I like I'm those. Maybe on a roll today, uh, especially coming from the skeptic. <laughs> They're good. Well, you know, like in my experience for the first time, it was a group of people um, kind of like in a circle. I don't remember if we were like holding hands or anything, but we were just praying in general. And some people were already speaking in tongues as they prayed while others of us were not. We were just like seeking the Lord. And it felt like maybe an upper room experience where the power of God flooded in that room so powerfully and so strong that it just fell. And I remember a lot of us, kids, because we were kids at the time, of course, with adults there, parents there as well, I mean, just started speaking for the first time in this unknown language. And it was something that in that moment felt uncontrollable. Um, as I have, you know, grown into adulthood, and I pray, like Mark said, basically, every time I pray, um, it comes out in some in some form or fashion. And it is more controllable because I can shut my mouth or whatnot, but right. I don't necessarily want to stop it. But sometimes, you know, you, I would say you can control it. 
Well, okay, so this is one of my favorite things about Tammy, though. This is this is one of the reasons she's on this panel is because she's led worship through the years. And most of us know that nowhere, there are times when she's leading worship that she pulls the microphone away from her mouth because she's doing that. And uh, and I always wonder, the mouth is still moving and she's like, uh, because she doesn't want to throw that out to people because they might think, what is going on there? But someday I'm just going to say, hey, keep the microphone there. It's okay. We're, we're going to do that. Uh, okay. But, but, but still was there, it was like, you found yourself speaking another language, like a physical sensation in your mouth. And I'm, I'm going from saying hello to something different. So for me, mine actually, if I, cause I've thought a lot about this over the last few years, because again, I'm still really confused by it, but um, it really confuses the term, like it confounded by it. I'm, I'm sort of um, it's, it's a mystery to me, but um, mine really goes back to when I was growing up and um, I went to a parochial Catholic school, and we would have mass twice a week, Wednesday and Friday. And um, I remember this was before I had, I didn't even know that being a Baptist was a thing or that Pentecostals were anything. And um, I, I had no idea. I just, I just, I was a sheltered kid. And, and so we would be in mass and I remember um, being in the mass and my, my a, a relationship with God was not something I ever knew could be personal. I thought it was a very corporate thing that it was just like, this is, you know, God just takes care of all of us. He's not necessarily doesn't have his attention focused on me. And, um, so, but there were still times during the mass where I would feel, and there, it was very much a feeling at the time when I was younger, but you don't know how to explain those things when you're a kid. Um, so there was very much a feeling of just sort of, um, uh, it was like a, a heat sensation in my chest. Um, and then there would honestly, just for lack of a better way to put it, there would just be these weird, like I would want to talk, but not have words. Um, and this was young. I was, I was probably first or second grade when I first experienced it. I would just, I would want to talk and, but I just wouldn't know how to, and then over time, and then that kind of went away and I, you know, grew up and then later on, um, I started, you know, I, um, uh, became, I, I would say, I, I had became a, a personal relationship with Christ became personal for me in the Baptist church. And then I became a, for 15 minutes, I was like Mormon. And then, um, and then I became, uh, a, went into a more like of a charismatic movement and went to a, a Pentecostal church. And that was really where I experienced it for the first time when seeing other people and was just super curious and remembered like, oh, okay. And so there, so for me, the, the experience of it has never, ever been, I don't know if anyone has ever heard me. So maybe, maybe they have, maybe, I don't know. Um, has any ever really heard me? I've been that, because for me, it's very personal and very private. Um, but it's also when it surfaces the most, and a friend and I, another friend, um, she has, shares the same thing, that for me, I, and it sounds weird, this is where it sounds weird. Um, right. it, now, yeah, now we're really getting Brent's weird. Brent's into that. Brent's um, ready for that. Um, it's really, no, when, when I, when I can sense evil, when I can sense like just darkness, like real darkness. And, um, and so in, in some ways, and in, in some ways it, it does come down to a sense and or a feeling in other ways it, I feel irresponsible ignoring, um, something that just feels very natural to me. And I don't know how to put it any other way. Um, but so to me, this feels very much just like with all the other gifts, it just feels very much a part of who I am 
just like the gift of leadership or somebody being an effective communicator or somebody just being good with kids or whatever. It just feels very much a part of my personality, but not something that is overt and out there. And, you know, I'm going to be standing on a street corner, you know, saying all kinds of things. Um, so, so that night that you were talking about, you were laying in bed and you said it just, I mean, is that, yeah. Physical, emotional. Yeah, it, it no, and I, that, I was trying to think. How do you explain how to, what it feels like? It, it's hard to because I really don't sense any emotions around when I do it. If 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 you were to ask a feeling, it always kind of feels like it's in my solar plexus. It's just like, and just just recently, I think this is a good example. And I've, I'm always real careful about experiences because I don't want somebody to hear experience and think, well, that's how it's going to happen to me. Not anything. If not that way at all. If anything, we've heard three very different, because we're different people, we have different experiences where God's put us in different places. So for an example, th just this week, I got an email about our pa one of our pastors in, uh, in Myanmar. He's very sick. And the first thing that happens when I'm reading it, and I was by myself, is I just started praying in the spirit because it was just like a groaning. I, I had no idea. I just felt a, just such a burden. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit just released that out of me. So that, that happens a lot when I just don't know what to pray. And the second thing is, is I don't know if anybody else has ever had any trouble with any invasive thoughts. Yeah. Never, never experienced that, right? Nope, never. never. Or temptation, if I'll pray in the Spirit, I can't think about those things. It's like <laughs> he just floods that out. That's different, but that is something that I've learned over the years. And maybe that is a sense of evil, that you sense evil, and it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm more reflexive to that. But I, it, it's totally voluntary. It's never been involuntary, other than the first time. I didn't expect it, and it came out. But after that, it's never just, I've never been driving down the road and, and, or just talking to somebody and just start praying in the uh, spirit. I, th I think maybe to get to one of the things that people, when a lot of people ask that question, is it, a, is it an emotion, is it a feeling, or are you chasing a feeling? I, I think one thing that I think is important for all of us to remember, it's going to be really, really difficult for us as feeling emotional, God-designed <laughs> people with souls and feelings and heart and emotions and all, it's going to be really difficult for us to separate our emotions from anything, let alone a transcendent experience like a relationship with God. It's going to be really, really difficult. So to, um, yes, there are some logical, maybe even physiological things. There are studies around that. Um, and you can, uh, it, it, some very fascinating studies around it. Brain, yeah. brain studies. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it, I, I think it's going to be really hard for us to separate the two into this purely logical, um, purely um, uh, emotional thing when there's there's a, an interplay of both of those. A question that kind of comes up for me as I'm, I'm hearing you guys say this, because each one of you said that maybe the first time you were really comfortable or realized what it was, you were with a group of people. Um, well, you said you had just gone to oh, I was an by experience, myself, so. but you had just had an experience of being around it where it felt like that had kind of been presented to you. I think those are questions that people would come and ask, like, well, you were around a bunch of other people. They were doing it. Were you just doing what they were doing, too? But each one of you have said you've continued to do that way beyond that experience and maybe even beyond um, 
the church you were a part of or the, you know, the place you were a part of. So, I mean, I think that's a, a question that kind of sits in my head because a lot of there's things that maybe I've done in my previous, um, you know, maybe ministries I've been a part of. And now I'd look back I'm like, I can't believe I did that. This is not one of those things for you. You guys would say, okay. I just have to ask those questions. Yeah. And I would agree with, you know, something, you know, Mark said, whenever you began to pray for pastor Peter, same situation this morning it's like oh god you have a person on your heart but you don't know exactly where they're at in life or what exactly you need to be praying for them but that holy spirit just floods in super quickly and you just begin to pray in the spirit because the bible talks about the holy spirit that gives the tongues it's for speaking um for the purposes of interpretation to edify the church or encourage the church or and or for your personal prayer language, right? Your personal connection and prayer time with God. And that's where I feel it for me the most. I've never spoken it out in front of a congregation and had someone interpret it personally. Um, it has always come through that, that prayer time. And like you were saying, Michael, the uh, emotion with it, it's, I am not, I don't, consider myself a highly emotional person. I don't cry at the drop of a hat or anything. However, there is an emotional response to God whenever you do speak in tongues because you honestly, you feel like, wow, God, you're so good. You're so amazing. You're so rich um, to to impart this gift in me because at the same time that I'm praying for someone else, you are doing a work in my heart and in my life and you can't help but feel emotion with that um, experience because it is a closeness. Yeah, and I, I <clears throat> just to kind of piggyback on that a little bit um, and to get to, to what you were asking too, I think what sort of the question behind the question that a lot of times is like, is this just a peer pressure thing? Is this just sort of like you felt like, did, did you do this to belong? Um, and I've had my own experiences with that. I've had my own experiences of like, I, will, I would and I had sacrificed different parts of myself for the sake of belonging, for the sake of being a crowd, for the sake of being accepted. Um, and I think just to get to what Tammy was talking about, I think this is something that is a little bit unique. For me, it's a little bit unique and a little bit different. This is one of those things that has sort of transcended all seasons of my life and it's, and it's been more active in others and, 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 and less active, um, less spiritual than these two. So I don't, I, I don't speak in tongues every day. Um, and I think it's obvious in how they live. They're much more spiritual than me. Um, but, uh, in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, sort of much more Christ centered people than I am, but the, um, I'm going to go last. <laughs> it is a, it is very, if to get to the heart of that question, if, if it were just about what was happening in the moment and being accepted with a bunch of people, I, I have enough cynicism and skepticism to say, well, would that have really been something that keeps resurfacing in my life over and over again that is irrespective of who I'm around and when I'm around them? So I don't know if that answers your question. It does, and I think I can add to it just from our, our friendship, and I think probably says for all of you, but your willingness to be here, but I know for you, your willingness to come kind of last minute and be here and talk about this no, says to me that this is something that is real for you, that is something that's been there for you. And so that's, again, what I'm hoping, you know, we're trying to do with this conversation is to create space where people know actual people um, and people that have their, they may have a relationship with to know that this is something that's been a part of their life and why it's been there. So I can even speak to that even more. So I just, I had it not 
ever had this thought before, ever. So I love this. This is so good. I couldn't imagine not doing this hmm. at this point. You talk about such a part of who I am and an intimacy with, with God. That doesn't mean that that's just me. That's, what, that's just what's happened over time. So, so I don't, it's not that I haven't done it around other people, but again, I was not around other people when it happened. So I didn't, ha- I didn't, I've never felt a peer pressure from it. You, I could see how you could. You know, and, and speaking about being around other people, first, it, the Bible does say he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he should seek to edify the church if he's going to do that within church, pray for interpretation. Now, you had mentioned you had never done that. It, it, any of you, the, the well, two of you, have you ever done it in a public setting where, where it was interpreted or anything? I've, I've, I've been in a public setting right. where it's been interpreted, but right. not mine. Yeah. Right. Are, would you be hesitant? Uh, it, it, I guess I should ask it this way. Is it because you would be hesitant to do that? Like, oh, that, that's going a place. I think there's been allusions to that a little bit. Like, mm. in a public setting, I don't know that I could do that because it just it, it crosses a personal line somehow. Is that fair yeah, to say? Because I don't feel like what I have is something that is to be interpreted. I feel like with that particular scripture, I would have to hear something from him to tell me to do it in a public setting. I got you. Okay. I just really, I would be, it'd have to be a pretty strong unction for me to, to do that, to take that risk. Yeah. And I think too, the other thing is because different parts of scripture, it'll say one is given the gift of tongues and other the gifts of interpretation, but elsewhere in scripture, it says, if you have a word in tongues that you yourself should pray for the interpretation. Um, So it's not that we see conflicting things, but we're also talking probably about different situations and different circumstances. So for me, I'm very much with Mark, where it's just, I don't feel, that doesn't doesn't feel like that's part of my gift. Um, And I think I have other gifts in other areas, but also maybe this is where my cynicism and skepticism rises up. I have tons of cynicism and skepticism around that. Because I've seen it um, where it's just sort of like, oh, okay, this is sister such and such, and she's going to do this <laughs> about 15 minutes into the worship set, and then it's going to be one of these like really, really, ooh, butterfly things, and, and then it's just going to be, it's nothing. It's really going to amount to nothing. So and, for me. And King James, right? Yes. In the King <laughs> All the interpretations <laughs> yes, always got to be King James. You said yes, that. I did, not I did say yeah, I had It's to. always in the King James. <laughs> Um, so for me, like I, that's a part of this, that, that, that's a mystery of it that I still, you know, I'm I'm still trying to embrace, but that I am just sort of like, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah. And for me, like growing up in a church where it was demonstrated, the, the, the speaking in tongues was the message was given in the other language. And then you would wait maybe five seconds, maybe 30 seconds. And almost always someone would break out with this loud, authoritative interpretation. And you're like, wow. So then I, I, as I got older, would ask people like, how would you have that confidence? How would you know? And they're like, you just know. Like God just like told me to speak. I spoke. And then someone else was given the interpretation, much like in the book of Acts when 
God used the disciples to speak in these other languages, knowing there were people from a variety of countries or variety of places speaking in different languages that were all gathered in that upper room. And God cared enough to let the disciples speak in a language that was not their own, but that others recognized from far off yeah. places. And it's like that in modern day, I, you don't see it exercised a lot. I haven't seen it in years, honestly, like, you know, um, but when I was, coming up in the church that I was raised in and seeing that it was like, wow, when someone would speak and then someone would interpret, it was so clear that it was for encouragement and for edification that you never walked out of there being like, oh, that was a downer or that was weird. It was like, oh, that is God speaking to us through this person, through this willing vessel. And it was such an uplifting experience. You knew it resonated, right? Unless you were Michael and you were like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Like, well, I don't know that he was in those no services with me. So he wasn't I don't know. in. <laughs> it is so funny because there, there were definitely times, I will never forget, there was this one where the, because um, this is the this, this cynic, skeptic, whatever, in me, but there was, a, there was that happened, like the, you know, little tongue thing. And then somebody <laughs> at the exact same time, two completely different people said the exact same thing. Um, and it was like four or five words. It was nothing like super. Well, you mean interpreting perfect. it? Yes, the interpretation. And they yes. both said the, the exact same thing from Michael, two different you need households. To get your act together. <laughs> it was yeah. It's, 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 you were there. You were there. <laughs> yeah. Same exact words. <laughs> but, but yeah. Even you saying like your cynic skeptic side makes me believe you even more on these other things. If I'm asking this question of you and you're talking about your experience, you being open and honest of that. I'm not saying that you know other people aren't. It's just that you hear that and it's like, okay, there's, there's some, it's a real thing that is happening there. Um, and it's a good conversation. And I, as you guys were saying this, I'm like, well, I've never been around someone speaking tongues. Maybe I have the gift of interpretation. I don't know it. Cause I've never heard anyone do it. There you go, that's, Brett. Uh, 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 that. Wouldn't that be great know. if it happened? That's how we concluded this. I mean, Tammy says something and you interpret it. And, uh, I think fine. we're on to something. Now, I, I, I do want to, and one of the goals with, uh, with the series, and just kind of going forward, I don't want it to be just for the series, but to create an environment and a culture where these things are at least more accessible and more normal to people. And, uh, and especially in this category even. Now, I haven't figured out exactly how to do that, and I hope the, hopefully the environment doesn't feel oppressive. But what would you suggest? Is there anything that we might be able to do that, that just opens up to some of these things for people to participate in without feeling like there's fingers pointing at them are, or something. Are you talking about tongues in specifically? Uh, primarily, but I'm thinking of all the different gifts, but, uh, but just as you experience this, what freedom would you encourage us to give people? I, I guess for lack of a better I think this conversation's big uh, because again, the, the tradition that I grew up in, nobody never heard. I never heard anybody talking about talking in tongues. Right. So, um, uh, so I, I saw it in a book, you know, I was just seeking for more and I saw it in a book. So I, I think it would be great as Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So, so I just think having this conversation and you call it demystifying it or de-weirdifying it. Is yeah. that the word? Yeah. Uh, I think this is a great start. I really do. All right, cool. Did you hear that, Sarah? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm feeling it. Yeah, I think, you know, anytime that we create space and worship, I know Michael's always been an advocate of just creating time and worship without words, without lyrics being sung, but just allowing the music 
to to play and giving people time to sing out or pray out in their own lyrics and their own words, that always, I feel like, is a good thing to create time and space for the Holy Spirit to move and have freedom. Yeah, I think for me, it would be very, very similar to what you were just saying. It's when you give people latitude and some freedom and permission, um, because I think what people, there were, you shared something that uh, you said one of your friends shared with, with, when they were talking about tongues and he was just like, told them that you're not getting out of this room until you, until you oh, yeah, yeah. Sort of start speaking in tongues. And I think the problem with that is we are, because one thing that, that and Mark just quoted this just a second ago, um, that Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I, I, I do this more than all of you. Well, well, Paul also planted more churches than all of us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I am called to go out and physically plan all these churches and do all these things. These different gifts are given to different people for different purposes. And I think what people need is they need the latitude, they need the room and the permission to explore um, kind of like what Tammy was alluding to earlier is sort of like, why am I here? Like, what, what, what is it that, what is it that you have put inside of me? What, how have you designed me? Um, and I think we've all been around those people that are trying to be something that they're not. Um, and like this person, you're not gifted as an administrator. So you are just kind of making everybody miserable by trying to be an administrator. So stop. Yeah. Um, so I think people need that. Um, they need, uh, room and space to do that. Um, but along with that, just like what Mark was saying, I think people need some education on that. People need to know like what is available to them. And some of that is in people sharing their stories and being able to say, oh my gosh, yes, that is so me that I had that exact same experience. And that is part of our education, letting people know what are what the gifts that are available. Yeah, and I think one more thing to add is just it's a personal choice. Like God is not going to throw this gift on you if you're not open and willing and desiring more of him and, and, and more of what he has for you. So it's not a fear of like, oh, gosh, I hope that never happens to me. You do have to be seeking for more. And I think, you know, I hear a lot of people that say this can't be all there is. Like I can't just come to church on Sundays and that's it. I know there's more. I want more. And whenever you start feeling that hunger and that desire, that's when you start praying, God, give me more, fill me with more, show me more. Like you said, what exactly am I here for? What is um, my purpose? And, and give me all that you have for me. That's when I feel like the spirit really comes. Well, and, and I'm glad you said it that way because you, you kind of anticipated me in a way because I, what I wanted you to do as we, as we closed out was to coach people and, and coach people uh, kind of from different places because some probably eagerly, you know, the Bible says eagerly desire the gifts. It's, it's okay. You can be eager about that. So how would you coach that person? And how would you coach the person still kind of like, okay, uh, maybe, but I don't know, man. What, 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 would you, uh, what would you say as kind of a parting shot to people in those different, from those different perspectives and uh, just encouraging them to open up? Are you trying to get everybody to look at me? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> like, that's what he's doing. You're contriving that all yourself. It must Mark be actually started. Idiot. Okay. It was okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What would you say to Sarah about? <laughs> yeah. I've not done it either. I mean, I've probably had, I've had experiences that were very dramatic, but it just didn't, it wasn't accompanied by that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it was one of those things I, I had a lot of pressure on me when I was in college to, to go that route and um, never could get there. So. Uh, that's why, you know, I've, I've got, you know, here's something I've noticed just as an aside that you all have 
great hair. And I, and I think I maybe about to say. that there's some you kind of gray or gray. 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 I, I did say gray. I do have gray. Like, I spent a and lot you of notice that I, I virtually have no hair, and I didn't do this, and I had a lot of hands yeah. placed on my head to get me to do this, and it never happened. But you guys have that gift, and you all have awesome hair. And I don't know if there's a theological connection between those two things. But how would you coach people? <laughs> Okay, well, I'll just pick up kind of where I left off. Um, Again, I think it's a very personal quest. Like, if you want more of God, he won't withhold. If you ask, the door will be open. It might look different for each and every one of us. You have this amazing ability to teach the Bible, unlike anyone I've ever known, but definitely unlike myself. Like, I might be able to teach other things in the marketplace in my in my job, but I don't have your gift, right? And so my gift, one, you know, is though it may be more quiet and in the background, um, speaking in tongues, I hope that it reflects um, light and love and power. And I would recommend for anyone seeking it, seeking God, to not seek the gift, but seek more of him. And then he will reveal what his gift for you is. And it will show up in beautiful ways that maybe you didn't even expect. And I also would say, don't be afraid of operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of going there and asking for something that you've never experienced before. Because when you enter into that unknown territory with the Lord, you, you, begin to understand him and the world around you so much better. Of course, then that reflects back on understanding yourself better and growing in him. And one of the cool things with speaking in tongues um, is that power that comes on you. And the Bible talks about when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be empowered. And I believe with that power, there's authority to pray off strongholds off of yourself, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your coworkers. You are endued with a fresh power from on high that can't come from any other source in the entire universe. And this power can be so strong and so authoritative that it breaks off chains of bondage. It breaks through, um, you know, diagnosis of of ailments or disease, like you can pray for healing. You can pray um, for shifts in situations, like total breakthroughs can come when you receive this power of the Holy Spirit and um, and you aren't afraid of it, but you're open to it. Yeah, I think to me, I think that's a, for me, it's a beautiful setup just for it. It helped me process because it's a really difficult question to answer because um, I think there is too much, and we've talked about this, Brett and I, Brett and I have talked about this. I think there's too much focus on the side effects of the gifts or the side effects of like the outward appearance. Um, when the, the original intention, Jesus said, um, I have to go. I, I have to leave. Because when I leave, so when I leave, I will send my spirit. I'm totally paraphrasing. I'm probably butchering it. But I will send my spirit so that you will be my witnesses to the utmost ends of the earth. That's why the spirit was given in the first place. The original intention was to be his witnesses to Samaria, Judea, and the other parts of the earth. And so I think if 
if our intention or if our focus is on the gift itself versus being his witness, witness or one of his witnesses to the other most parts of the earth, then I think that's where our, our focus can get really, really skewed and really, really messed up. And on top of that, I think if the gifts of the Spirit are the evidence of this Spirit's working and uh, it's evidence of the Spirit working in our life and, and, and the presence of God in our life. And the same is said can be said of the fruits of the Spirit. And so I think if we are exercising the gifts or if somebody is exercising the gift of speaking in tongues but is not exercising the fruit of the Spirit or not expressing the fruit of the Spirit in their life, then I think that's a little bit of a miss. Um, because it's those things that work together in tandem that help us be his witnesses to the other most parts of the earth. And so I think for me, so if, if I were to sit across from Sarah and say, <laughs> then I would say, Sarah, it doesn't matter. Like if you want the gift of tongues, if you want the gift of process, whatever, it doesn't matter. Your gifting is unique because you are a child of God. Your gifting is for um, being his witnesses to the other most parts of the earth, just like your, the fruit that you give, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness. Those are to be his witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I think that should be the thing that we seek after the most. And the gifts are something that just happen just sort of as a natural byproduct. Uh, I could be wrong and radical in my theology on that stuff. But I think that the purpose, we have to get to back to the purpose, the intention of the spirit in the first place. Why was it sent? That's what we need to be seeking versus the evidences or like the, sure. the appearance of the spirit. Sure. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Welcome. Yeah. You only left me 20 minutes. I don't know if I can do this in 20 minutes. Uh, so, several things come to mind, so I hope, hope they make, make sense. So the, the whole purpose, the whole purpose of the gift is for love. And so if he gives us the gift to build up, our, to build up the body of Christ that we may be love to this world, to one another and to this world, then the gifts themselves, the purpose of the gift is still for love. And so if it's for love, then I think one thing we really need to remember is we need to do it in love. If it's for love, we definitely need to do it in love. And so I think that's one of the reasons I've been very uh, private with my prayer language. I don't want to confuse somebody else. I don't want to weird somebody else out or what have you. So, because I, I, I think that would be unloving for me to do that. I just do. I think, it, again, if somebody comes in here and I'm up here and I'm speaking in tongues and they're new, I just don't think that would be a love thing to do. Yeah. So, so, so everything about this, so I think kind of like this, the gifts of the Spirit's kind of like the, the trellis, but the fruit of the Spirit, actually love, is what grows on that trellis. So we have to remember the purpose behind these gifts. And I think that kind of demystifies them some for me, yeah. of truly understanding God's purpose in giving us these. Again, they're not validation. People will know that we're his, as Francis Schaeffer said, the final apologetic is love. People will know we're his 
by our love, not necessarily our spiritual gifts. Our spiritual gifts should be able to allow us to reach more people or reach into more people's lives to make a bigger impact in them. But it is still love that makes a difference. For Paul said, well, now let me, now that we've talked about these gifts, now let me show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into love. So I don't know if that answered. Maybe it was just. Yeah, a, of course it did. Just yeah, go, that's right. Answered somebody's yeah. question, maybe. Uh, I, I mean, as we, we wrap, here, wrap up here, I just really appreciate you guys for coming on and, and having this conversation, uh, letting me even ask some questions. But also, as I'm sitting here, I just keep having this thought in my head of like, we're un, I'm understanding some of this passage more in, in 1 Corinthians and thinking about when we think of gifts, like there's ones that we see and we think, oh, I see those. And we talked about this last week in the last episode of some of these happen, we don't even know it, you know, and we don't even see them happening. And yet we don't call them what they are sometimes. And I'm sitting here thinking there's times where we've looked at people and think, oh, that's weird. And instead we could look at it and say, that's a gift that I don't quite understand yet, but I'd like to know more. Um, And so I think that for me, that's a a shift of how I view it. And so I appreciate you guys even giving giving me that opportunity to think that way today. so, so for me, I love this gift. I couldn't imagine not having it, right? But when it really comes to ministry, I, I would have to say I love prophecy more, being prophetic, being able to speak God's truth whenever you see somebody living in a lie. I don't mean that calling somebody out, but when somebody's in bondage of, a, of the enemy's lie. So I can see why Paul would even say, hey, Above, yeah, I'd rather you yeah. prophesy because from the prophetic point of view. Sounds like our next podcast. It's I was a different say, episode, Mark. That's right. We got a whole other conversation there where we're talking that's about prophecy. So, that was, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> a little setup. That was your job, my bad. I'm not. We'll save that for another day. Um, anyway, Brad, anything to close out with as we yeah, I, wrap Yeah, I, I hope uh, what we talked about, and I, and I really do appreciate you guys just opening up uh, that part of your lives because, you know, it, it does set you up to say, you know, some people think, wow, that's really interesting. Or some people say, wow, that really is weird. And therefore, uh, and, and so I really appreciate you being <laughs> willing to do that. Uh, and we're going to continue to explore this because the goal is uh, not to just operating the gifts. The goal is to just create an environment where people can experience the presence and power of God um, in ever increasing ways as we go forward and, and being open to everything that God has for us. And that's, that's the conviction. I would just kind of promote this uh, on uh, August 28th and 29th. We are having a 24-hour uh, prayer focus that we're going to open up our buildings to for the purposes of seeking God and just getting more, uh, receiving more of Him, actually. And that's, uh, uh, please be keeping your eyes out for that because uh, I really believe that will bring our church together more and more uh, to open up to what He has for us. So, Cool. Yeah, thank you guys again. Um, if you listening, have any questions, want to respond, um, ask us any questions, or maybe, um, I don't know, just give us some feedback, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. Uh, we always love getting your feedback, um, and we appreciate you guys uh, subscribing, following, um, and leaving us a comment wherever you're watching right now. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>